Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the modalidade on BTV, you can now catch the recaps and also modalidade talk on Befigan Pennant, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between uh, Befigan uh, Pennant the only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Benfica Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão do culto. É que dá que é liberado, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão pela explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim, intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Befica podcast, episode number 417. My name is Alfredo. Here we are every uh, every week, bringing you the latest on Benfica with me tonight, Dave D'Oliveira. What's happening, Dave? Nothing much, Alfredo. Great to be back on. Going to do a little bit of uh, August recap. Uh, good August for us. So uh, good. it's going to be a good show tonight here. Absolutely. So uh, on the menu, uh, we're going to recap the Tondela game. We're going to also look at the Champions League draw, which happened this past Thursday. Uh, look back at an August, Dave, that uh, was almost, almost perfect, but yet we can't complain. Uh, some records being set there, as you will have a chance to uh, to mention in your stats. And uh, we'll look ahead to September. We got an international break. Uh, the team will not step on the pitch again until uh, the 14th of September, and that will be the f- match they won for the Champions League. Uh, so we'll we'll look at a September September that that's going to be a lot less hectic uh, than uh, the August that we've had. Dave, how you feeling, man? You feeling good? You feeling good about this August? I mean, can't like you said, it was almost perfect. Just that little uh, draw there against PSV. But other than that, I take that as a as a positive, right? I, it could have been a lot worse, right? We've we've seen uh, we've seen August and starts the season in recent past that uh, hasn't been as good as this one. So uh, I'll definitely uh, take this uh, this August. That's right. Um, so Befica after that. Uh... <laughs> that improper game for 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 cardiac uh, patients uh, against PSV Benfica returned to Stadio de Luz to face Tondela, a team that has only won uh, one game out of the three. Uh, and of course, um, after the PSV game, where your heart got a, a little bit of a scare, uh, you know Tondela wasn't uh, <laughs> Tondela wasn't much different, but uh, let's let's start at the beginning. I'll give you the lineup. George Zuz made seven changes from the PSV game. Vlacodim was in goal. Almeida, Verissim, Vertonghen, and Grimaldo with the return to the four uh, defense uh, setup, four defender setup. Maite and João Mario in the middle. Uh, Pizzi and Everton uh, on the wings. Darwin was the solo forward. Uh, obviously, Dave, we found out that Tarabt was uh, suspended 23, 23 days in, was it five games? 23 days in five uh, games. I, I thought I had only seen that it was only two games because the international right. break uh, cuts into uh, into that suspension. But good to see that the Portuguese Soccer Federation is on top of their uh, their duties there. I think this happened, what, last, last May, if I'm not mistaken, and they only decided to hand out uh, a punishment... Uh, a cool three, four months later. So good to see that the Federation is on board for player safety. 
It's always a, it's always it's a, a little bit of a crapshoot. You never know when those uh, punishments are going to come out, and the timing is always a timing that 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 just it, it begs a lot of questions. But that's always been with the Portuguese Federation. I mean, they can't. Uh, well, this is the league. They can't schedule games on time. Uh, they schedule games in the Algarve at three o'clock in the afternoon in the middle of August. So you know. They got the shit together, as always. Uh, but- <laughs> this happened so long ago that I had even forgot about the whole incident. And then uh, the article came and I was like, oh, yeah, he did. That up did slap or punch somebody and he got his eye poked or something. I thought that was seasons ago. I thought we were watching uh, games from uh, years ago. But that, yeah, that only happened in May. But like we said, uh, the, the Federation's on the ball here. Yeah, but look, it, it, it for me, it, it took for me to look at the picture. That was along with the article, the news article, for me to even remember. Oh, was against Braga uh, months and months ago that he had like a little shove match with uh, with Eduardo, if I'm not mistaken. What about the punishment for Eduardo? Did that come out or that, that, that'll be uh, given out in February? <laughs> and then don't worry, then there'll be suspension. Uh, the um, uh, they'll go to the arbitrator to uh, to uh, see if they can get the suspension revoked or reduced. Right? Don't worry. It's a it's a whole game uh, that you played there. Yeah, much like uh, much like the Palinha one. Uh, <laughs> if you if you recall, Palinha got a supposed fifth appealed against it. It was taken back, and it's still under the appeal. <laughs> and the guy still yet to see that fifth yellow card. Go figure. But anyway, uh, let's get it right into this Tondela game. As I mentioned, I already gave you the 11. Um, and look, I, I think that usually coming off uh, European games where it's a different level, uh, where there's some emo- both emotional and physical um, efforts going on, uh, it was going to be hard. I thought it was going to be hard. Uh, also, you're looking at Tondela, who, as I mentioned, had only won one game. So, so maybe a little bit of a a trap game for for uh, for Benfica JJ operating seven changes and i think that at this point in, in looking at all these changes obviously with uh, with Otamendi uh, getting a, a break uh, he decided to go back to the 442 um but i think that there's something going on w- with the club in terms of all this time and all this rotation that happened in august there was a lot of people or even the media and even JJ had mentioned that you know we have a good core of players but not only the core but there's there's guys also that could come in and I think that this game was perhaps the the perfect example where there was a lot of players that don't usually get starting minutes coming onto this game uh and really didn't perform as well uh as we expected them so Maybe that idea that we have a, a well-rounded squad with a lot of depth, it's not so accurate after all. Um, and Benfica was just apathic, uh, very slow. Uh, Pizzi, I think that he touched the ball seven times in the first half or the, his first seven touches, five of them were wrong passes. Uh, you had an Andre Almeida that, uh, albeit coming out of, uh, of injury, uh, is a guy that's not there yet, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I think that sometimes Andre Almeida, and I think that he, he still feels that because he's been at Benfica for such a long time that he has uh, that he has that position on lock, and that's not the case. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I think that he's, he's got to be working a lot harder, and he's got to be showing a lot more if he is to uh, to to even. Uh, win a spot from Gilberto, right? And and look at Dave, what we're talking here, Gilberto and Andrea Almeida. Under normal circumstances, I don't know if we're having this conversation, but granted, I'll give the benefit of the doubt to Andrea Almeida, but uh, Gilberto uh, really made a, a quite a quite a, he made a, a quite an impression here for me, and we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, slow first half. Um, Tondela comes down to Benfica's uh, goal. Gets on the board. Uh, Befiga goes in the locker room. Something had to change. JJ operated uh, three changes right at the half. Gilberto, Rafa, and Weigel coming in for Almeida, Pizzi, and Maite. And, and by the way, Maite, I don't know, man. If if I wasn't sold on him before, I don't know how I'm feeling about him uh, after watching this game. Dave? I think, I think it's still 
him uh, still trying to get used with the uh, the players and and the team. Um, last his first showing, I uh, was uh, impressed. Last couple of showings that he's uh, he's been on there uh, hasn't had the best of, of time there. But again, when you have rotate a uh, a squad and you rotate uh, seven out of the eleven players, it's going to take a lot of the guys. Uh, getting used to playing with each other uh, as well. And they might not uh, have that, that form uh, or chemistry down. So I, uh, I do agree to squad rotations, but it's a, it's a very slippery slope that you play with, right? You got to get that perfect balance or else you see that we can struggle, uh, especially in matches like, like this, where um, coming off a, a high from qualifying for champions league uh, going home, this should be a, a match that Benfica wins easily three, four, four, nothing. But uh, when you when you throw squad rotation into the mix, then you get these closer games and uh, makes it a little bit more uh, challenging for the uh, supporters to watch. But like I said, that's the 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 risk that you you take when you uh, go out there and you rotate seven out of the eleven. No, absolutely. And, and look, I'm all for rotation of the squad as you mentioned dave but as you mentioned when there's seven changes i mean you could expect some kind of a drop off and and regardless i mean this team has not been working together for the past two months uh so if they don't know what they're supposed to be doing and and tactical setup so on and so and so forth i mean at this point i mean i don't know what to say but they should they should be there uh but yeah second half completely different story Bifiga came out with a with especially with those three guys uh and then with uh with a sense of of, of urgency and Benfica was just on top of Tondela. I think that uh I didn't see Vlacodimus make a save or maybe made one save uh in the second half and, and it was quite a good save obviously but um the rest of the, the half Benfica was just on top of uh Tondela. I think that possession stats were like 71% for Rafik or something like that. 75-25, it ended up uh, finishing at the end of the match. Yeah, something ridiculous like that. Um, so couple after a couple chances, and I don't, I don't know how you felt, Dave, but I felt that, that Benfica, Benfica was knocking. Uh, and I thought that with the level of intensity and the, and the pace uh, that Benfica brought to the second half, I thought that they would eventually uh, break through. Uh, but how, how did you feel heading into the last ten minutes of uh, of the of the game, and Benfica down? Uh, well, well, last ten minutes, Rafa had already scored by that. Oh, point. You're right. But you're but, right. Um, but second half, you could yeah, like you said, you can tell that they were definitely working towards getting that um, that that equalizing goal and, and getting the the go ahead goal. They were creating opportunities. It was just a matter of getting uh somebody with some uh finish on one of the end of these uh these balls here and i know that uh you wanted to uh point out mete not having the greatest of games but again darwin our our golden boy here i don't know if we <laughs> want to give him the benefit of the doubt too being one of the uh the seven that was thrown in there and maybe not used to some of these players but i'm starting to lose my uh my patience here with uh with Darwin, he just lacks that uh, that critical finisher that uh, all good strikers need to uh, to have there. But we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, being one of the seven uh, that were uh, thrown in there. But uh, you could definitely see that this uh, this squad here in the second half was uh, was uh, creating the chances and just needed that uh, that extra finish there to uh, to get the, ultimately the the two goals. But uh, also wanted to give a shout out. I feel like uh, this had the the writing. If this was last season, no fans in the stadium. I think Tondela comes away with this match with uh, the the three points, if not the draw. But I think that uh, playing at home with the supporters, you see that it could give that extra advantage to uh, to Benfica. And I feel like the uh, the crowd, even if it's not a hundred percent capacity, still plays a role in, in these matches. No, I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, in terms of Darwin, I think the Darwin benefit of doubt for me is gone. Either you make it, or you don't make it. it. It's either sink or swim for him, right? And there's, it, it's very competitive up front for Benfica, and especially when Benfica is most likely going to play with uh, only one forward up front. Now that Seferovic wasn't sold, and we'll talk about the transfer window a little later on, 
Seferovic wasn't sold. Seferovic is going to get his chances. Will he get more chances than Darwin? Most likely, you'll get more chances than Darwin. Uh, I think Yaramchuk will still be number one choice. I think Seferovic will be number two choice. But that all depends on what Yaramchuk is going to be able to bring to the table this early on. Uh, if not, you know, Seferovic will be given a chance. And, and as you know, Seferovic usually takes advantage of his, of his chances. He might miss five goals, but he'll net one important goal here and there. And that will keep him afloat. And that will keep him in good graces of JJ. That's all you need, right? A broken clock is uh, right to, twice a day, right? So that's uh, that's our Seferovic is our broken clock here up uh, up top. And you and not to mention Pinu also made his debut uh, too. Not that I saw anything special from him uh, in this match, but uh, first game coming back from uh, injury for uh, Pinu up top as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I wanted to also. So I wanted to, to and Saucy and, and hello everyone in, in the chat and, and thanks for for logging in and, and keeping us company. Uh, but uh, Saucy had mentioned Weigel. I thought that Weigel had a, had a wonderful game, and I think that at this point there's no doubt about that Weigel and Jomadu are the best tandem in that midfield. Uh, and at some point I did say that Maite might be Maite and Jomadu might be the starting. Um, tandem in, a, in, a, in the midfield because um, JJ likes that physical presence of a number six, of a guy that's more positional, of a guy that's going to destroy some game. Uh, but I think that what what Weigel has brought to the game, uh, not only for himself, but also you could see how we freeze up Jomari to do a lot more. Jomari was a lot better in the second half than in the first half. And I think it's because of the freedom that Weigel allows um, Jomari to have. I really thought that uh, that he really played well. There was there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot to do defensively, uh, but the things that he did defensively he did well. But to me, the most impressive thing that he did was the fact that he kept the ball moving with pace whether from one side to transition one side to the other because when you're playing with a team that's has a low block and it's all uh, backed into uh their defensive third uh you need to b- move the ball with speed you need to have those combinations you need to find where your free man's going to be you need to find where your mismatches are going to be the two-on-ones are going to be to the defense and for that you need to move the ball with pace and you need guys to move around and i thought that um that he played really well against Weigel. you also mentioned uh pinu and i was really surprised by pinu to be honest with you because what i saw from pinu in the preseason I didn't really really leave me that confident about him. I just thought, well, he's just another guy that's going to be a fringe player, much like Gilles Diaz. But the one thing I liked about Pinho, uh, and I don't know if you got a chance to 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 see it, was the fact that every time he got the ball with his with his back to the goal, he was able to hold the ball, pause it, and wait for a player so that he could combine with. And I really don't see that a lot from our forwards. Um, Seferovic doesn't do all that all that well. Uh, forget about Darwin. Uh, Yaramchuk, I haven't seen enough to see if he, if he does that. But Pinu coming in, he really, I really thought that he he did well, and it, it was a pleasant surprise when I saw that from uh, from Pinu. And I think that a lot of times where he got the ball with his back, he was able to hold the ball, and, and Benfica didn't lose possession right away, and and we were able to bring numbers up front to uh, to create. So. Really happy with his contribution. But let's talk about the main con- contributor to this game, Gilberto. Um, the ugly duckling, as JJ says. And, and and look, we all like to crack on Gilberto. We all have our jokes on Gilberto. As a matter of fact, I made a couple of jokes uh, last week when I said uh, two, G- two Gilles don't make a right. Uh, one referring to both him and, and Gilles on, on, as our fullbacks, as our wingbacks. But uh, look, I, I think that if, if you're going to look at Gilberto, uh, something that you can't point to him is that there's no there's no lack of effort. He puts he leaves everything on the field. He's not the most technical player. Uh, he's not uh, he's not your 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 Semedo uh, uh, right back, or he's not one of more uh, technical player, but. 
he leaves it all. Uh, he really gives it all. And then there's um, there's a chant for Benfica that says "Raça querer e ambição." Uh, and I think that when Gilberto, I think, embodied all of those three words um, in terms of what he puts out. And I think his his ambition is really he wants to have a spot uh, in this team. Uh, and I think that if he keeps putting performances out like this, uh, he may very well have a spot. I don't know. I just don't see anyone else. Uh, now with Lazaro coming in, it's obviously a different story. But Gilberto is seeing that the position is fattening in terms of depth. And he doesn't want to be the last guy on a totem pole. Uh, he wants to be a guy that uh, gets used off the bench or gets uh, put in there in rotation. So he's making a case for himself. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, if you're looking at the the depth chart there, just at that right back or right wing uh, back uh, position, uh, you got to go with Lazaru uh, there. I'll give him the number one spot. But at, at the number two, I would give you give his, him a number one spot. You haven't even seen the guy play. I'll give him the I'll give him the number one spot, and we'll give Gilberto a, 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 the number two spot, and then. If I'm looking at uh, Andre Almeida, I'm looking at him more as the uh, the depth chart for the uh, center back as a replacement, and then uh, put Diogo uh, Gonzalez back up uh, as more of the uh, attacker ring, uh, winger there, um, just to provide some more depth in there, right? So I think Gilberto is still going to see a lot of uh, minutes here going forward, even with uh, Lazaro uh, coming on board here. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm I'm excited about having a a prospect of a decent right back, which we haven't had in a long, long time. Uh, so let's see what this Lazaro uh, guy does. Uh, but we'll get into him in a little bit. But nonetheless, uh, Gilberto in the 88th minute, it's always that ochenta-y-ocho uh, minutes that <laughs> the magical, <laughs> magical minutes for JJ in which uh, things happen. But uh, Gilberto, an insistent with an insistent play was able to uh, toe poke it past the goalkeeper and, and get Benfica up on a scoreboard. Um, and Benfica wouldn't relinquish the lead there. So 2-1 was the final uh, result for this game. Uh, and look, another game where um, stress. I was stressing, man. I was stressing heavy. Um, but I, I did think that Benfica were on the right path to be able to do something. Uh, but I'm glad that uh, that it came that way because it really showed the resiliency of uh, of this Mefica team. And Dave, as you mentioned, I think that especially in the second half, the first half not so much. And I had a chance to speak to somebody that was at the um, that was at the game. But um, in the in the first half, I think the stadium was a little bit quiet. But still, um, we're not very critical of the team. And in the second half, I think the team really understood uh, and the fan. I'm sorry, the fans really understood what the team needed in terms of motivation coming off a, an extremely emotional um, and, uh, and, and, and hard game uh, in the Netherlands and coming to Stade Luge. I, I thought that the fans really felt that the team needed that extra push. And, and as you mentioned, Dave, they, they mentioned to the, to the to the fans in the stadium and how they carry this team and I think that uh, half of this victory probably is very well deserved by the fans if I'm being honest here. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, just having that that positive mentality, uh, I think really carried the uh, the team along. Where last last year they didn't have that chance to feel the positive atmosphere in the stadiums. All they took away was the negative trolls on the internet and their Instagram page or their Twitter pages. Right. So I, I'm glad to see that uh, the fans were uh, vocal and supportive, even when they were down uh, for um, majority of the game and that positive uh, positivity really pushed the uh, team, I believe to, uh, to get in the equalizer and getting the uh, go ahead goal. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. It was, uh, it was important. It was important for, uh, for if you get to get that win, and especially looking at this this August month, Dave, um, it was it was quite a, a an extremely busy and um, and and very important month for Benfica. Lots lots of stake, and not only that, he's also Benfica goes into this match 
knowing that Sporting had lost points and that Benfica could take over sole possession of first place. And I know it's early on in the season, but it is what it is. Um, and, and being able to take sole possession of first place, I think that's extremely important. Uh, so it, how many times have we, did we see it last season where Benfica had a chance to go up on their direct opponents after their slip and then Benfica couldn't do anything, but this time around... It looks like uh, it looks like something different. But Dave, some stats on this game, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like you alluded to at the beginning, uh, with Otamendi uh, resting against this match, Vlako Dimas has been the only uh, player to play in uh, all of Benfica's eight matches to start the uh, season so far. So, a bit surprised that we still haven't seen uh, Helton uh, late given any uh, opportunities here. Um, if especially with JJ rotating the squad, but uh, I think that's a topic for uh, another day there. Uh, Rafa with his uh, third goal of the season puts him as uh, Benfica's uh, top scorer to uh, start off the season. And uh, Benfica scored now 14 goals through their first eight matches, five of those goals coming from our uh, defenders there. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, um, about this, about this August. Uh, month, Dave. Uh, eight games. Um, incredible, you know. And granted, um, perhaps the level of opponents wasn't as demanding, um, as it should have been, especially on a domestic side. But still, um, two important fixtures against Spartak, in which we know it's it's do or die. Uh, we get past them, then we have two extremely hard and perhaps the, the hardest fixtures uh in the month of august against uh psv one at the losing one uh in heidelven and which Benfica tied and that was probably the only negative you want to call a negative result of of august but extremely hard games against psv and Benfica was able to uh to to get it together and, and really uh, get through and qualify for the champions league but did you expect august to go as well as it did no, not after the uh, the nightmare season of last season. I think I was still a bit uh, gun shy, and uh, you talk about the level of competition. But hey, we gotta we gotta beat who's in front of us, right? It doesn't matter if you're the Moncus or if you're the uh, the big uh, clubs in Portugal. We saw last year how we uh, played against these smaller clubs and how they really put us uh, put us to the test, right? So. You got to give uh, credit where credit's due. Uh, like I said here, seven uh, seven wins, one draw to open up the season. Uh, much better performance than uh, than it was a year ago. And uh, yeah, you just got to keep building that that momentum and and that that positive uh, mentality. It's going to go a long way because we could be sitting here. Um, Going the other way, right? We don't qualify for Champions League. Now we're, there's a negative atmosphere around the teams. I'm sure all the antis would be out uh, again. And uh, you just got to get on that right foot. And it, it sets you up for uh, hopefully a, a successful season at the end of uh, May here for us. No, look, I, I agree with you, Dave. I think that uh, when you're able to carry this momentum, is not only good because you are in a spot that you're in, but mentally for the team and understanding what happened last season uh, with everything that went on and, and the division that exists between Benfica fans. When you're winning, uh, when was the last time you heard somebody criticize Rui Costa? Man could call the election tomorrow, <laughs> and I think he'd, he'd won a strong mandate, right? So... Right. He could call an election and have Luis Oliveira as the vice president and still win it. <laughs> Don't push that luck. Come on. <laughs> no, but it, it, but it's it, it's true, right? But uh, getting back to the team, right, it was important for the club. Uh, it was important for Rui Costa. And you guys, if you guys listen to the podcast, you know I'm not a, a Rui Costa fan. But he's basically done what he set out to do in terms of what the expectations was that he, he set out. Prepare the team for the season, start the season, qualify for the Champions League, uh, and do well throughout the month of August. And I think that so far, that's the team, it, it has checked all the boxes. Um, because in terms of of a start, Benfica, Benfica had a, has had a, 
uh, an historical start. And Dave, you had a, a stat here: Benfica's best record to open up a season, going seven wins, one draw in their first eight games since 1983-1984. Most of you guys weren't even alive in 1983 and 1984. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's great, man. And after suffering all of last season. Uh, to be able to see how the team has come out uh, this early on and, and be able to get their objectives and make it to the Champions League, I think it's 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 I don't know it's encouraging for me uh, certainly for for every other Benfica I'm sure it is, uh, but now comes the harsh reality of uh, of the Champions League. <laughs> so the Champions League, Dave. The draw was um, was on uh, on Thursday, and Benfica was um, was in pot three. So just to give some context, it was always going to be a hard um, draw for Benfica, uh, and and considering all the draws that we've had in the past and how we've been grouped, what teams we've been grouped, uh, it was always going to be an extremely Hard, uh, hard draw, especially considering that Benfica was in in pot three. So Benfica drew Barcelona, they drew Bayern, and they drew Dinam Kiev. So Dinam Kiev obviously being in pot four, uh, Bayern being in pot one as uh, the champion of Germany, and Barcelona obviously in pot two as they were not the champions of Spain. Um, but Dave. What do you think about this draw? <laughs> uh, initial uh, reactions, it was not a positive draw for us. But hey, if you want to be in Champions League, we got to play the best. You got to you got to beat the best too, right? Uh, I think in years past we might have gotten uh, some easier draws, and we struggled and may have dropped out to uh, the Europa League. But um, yeah, I was obviously hoping for a, a better draw, maybe. Uh, Kind of avoid some of these uh, these sharks, at least uh, the uh, the sharks in between pot one and pot two, because pot two, if you looked at it, had uh, more stronger teams. I felt uh, than pot pot one did, but um, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult looking at this. Even that Dynamo Kiev match going to uh, uh, going over to play in Ukraine is never uh, easy. So. Um, it's yeah. gonna be difficult. It's gonna be difficult. I don't know if we you before uh, last week's podcast you had said that Benfica needs to uh, put up a better uh, showing than seven points. Looking at this, I don't even know if we get to seven points just ba- based on how this uh, this draw has gone. Yeah, no. F- for me, the the way I look at it is, um, I like the fact that we're going to Kiev early on. Uh, weather's not going to be as bad, even though these days there's warm pitches, so on and so forth. Uh, but by uh, Bar- Bayern is Bayern, I think Bayern is probably top three, uh, in the world in terms of uh, uh clubs. Uh, Barcelona, uh, Barcelona, I think th- there's going to be a lot of questions in terms of what Barcelona is going to be like this season, right? And the obvious thing is no Messi. Uh, right. So uh, how does a team like that after Messi being the focal point of that team for for so many years after uh, basically every coach that comes in sets up a team to play uh, around Messi? No longer there. Antoine Griezmann, we found out today before the window closed that he's he went back to Madrid. So where does that leave this Barcelona? Is this a transition year for Barcelona? Is this a year... Um, that uh, there's not a lot of expectations because of the the turnover and because of a start over. Uh, so in terms of that, I think that I, I feel somewhat positive uh, with the match against Barcelona, and maybe that's the one point or the three points that will get at Stade Luz. Um, I don't know. I don't think we could beat Barcelona and at the Camp Nou. Um, I think that Bayern is going to be extremely difficult. Uh, and I think that Dinam Kiev, if Befica does their, their the job they're supposed to do, um, and in theory we're stronger than Dinam Kiev, I think that even like the worth of our team is double 
with team named Kiev Ziz, uh, according to Transfer Market. But that second place could be between us and Barcelona. And understanding what situation Barcelona is going to be in, um, I don't know. I think that um, that we may have a chance here. I'll give it to you that it's definitely not uh, the Barcelona of, of years past, right? We're not going to see uh, uh, Messi, Neymar, Xavi, uh, Iniesta in there. But, uh, I mean, if there's ever a, a time to go play them and, and not be afraid of them, I hope uh, JJ kind of instills that that killer instinct because that's something that's been missing these uh, these last couple of European competitions where – we uh, we start the young guys. We put on a showcase to uh, to sell some of these younger uh, younger guys. So, like I said, if there's ever uh, a time to uh, to beat them, it's a it's a definitely uh, a weakened squad. And I uh, just gotta hope that JJ uh, finds that that killer instinct for this uh, this team here. Yeah. So just looking at the at the fixtures, as I mentioned, we do go to Kiev uh, match day one. Uh, then we have Barcelona at home. We go to uh, Bayern Munich or no? No, we get uh, so we get Barcelona at home and then Bayern Munich at home. On the flip, we go to uh, Bayern Munich in November, then Barcelona. So you have two away trips there, and then Dinam Kiev visits us at Chateau to close that out. So the fact that we're playing Dinam Kiev as match day six when things are still may be up for grabs and we have a chance to get those all too important three points in the last match day. I think the way these fixtures lined up are um, is a is a positive for us. I don't like that we're playing Bayern back to back, but you know you gotta play them sometime, right? You gotta play them sometime. But I would have I would have rather play but if look if it's not Bayern then you're playing Barca back to back. Um it could have been that like that, but uh, I I like the fact that we open up against Dinam Kiev. So if we do, or if we do our work well, we could come out with the three points and start the group on a positive note. While Bayern and Barcelona duke it out, with most likely Bayern getting the all too important three points to start the group. Um, and then we we gotta we gotta go to uh, Barcelona and and play them. But I like the fact that we're finishing at home against Dinam Kiev, which could be a very important three points that we may need um, at the end of the group stage. Uh, Dave, from one to ten, what kind of uh, what, what are you feeling in terms of um, what we will what chances we'll have to get past uh, this group stage to, to finish in in a top two uh, position? I think I'm. I'll go with a four. I'm still not feeling confident, but prove me wrong. I've been uh, wrong in in many times, but I'll go with a four. Yeah, what's what's everybody feeling in a group in a, in a chat about our Benfica's chances to make it to the group stage? Let us know. We'll uh, we'll we'll shout you out. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know it it will be uh it will be an interesting it will be an interesting group stage. I I don't think that the that Porto got a much easier group than us. Yeah. Um, Sporting, I think it's, uh, you know, being in pot one, um, I think they, it helped them out. But uh, I think that Porto, for once, have a much worse group than than us. Uh, Bruno Singer uh, says four out of ten. Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm going to be on uh, – I'm going to be optimistic too, Bruno. I'm going to say – I'm going to say a six out of ten, uh, considering that um, – considering that that we don't really know what we're going to get from from Barcelona. And look, you never know. The guys at Barcelona and, and somebody mentioned that uh the pie is still there, but we we don't know because a lot of these guys uh, at Barcelona may have a chip on their shoulder meaning Barcelona is not only Messi, we're here too. So we're we're going to be out to prove um to prove our worth. So that could be something also from them, but I think that a Barcelona without Messi is is uh, is a restart, and I'm I'm not really sure. Uh, David Davy says fifty fifty. Uh, Oscar Tacuara Cardoso four out of ten. Um, Cesar Silva thinks if we get the win at Ukraine and the win in Lisbon against Barca, I'll give it 
a seven. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, that's that's extremely um, that's optimistic. Look, I think that we could get points uh, against Barcelona at Stade Luce. We haven't lost an European game at Stade Luce in in a very long time, or we have lost very few games in European competition at Stade Luce. Um, so I I don't know. I, I think that we could squeeze out some points at Stade Luce against Barcelona, and I think that's going to be the key for what we do. Uh, in the group stages, yeah, and you had already given out the uh, the shout out about playing uh, in the Ukraine in September com- compared to uh, playing in December. Uh, just looking at some uh, Kiev weather uh, right now uh, in Celsius, it's 19 uh, degrees there in September, and then you go into uh, December and you're looking into the uh, the negative Celsius. So uh, much better uh, to be going to Ukraine in uh, September than uh, that that December fixture. Yeah, absolutely. And look, if if we don't qualify for um for the for the group stages, uh, I think that I don't think fans are going to be too upset. But I think it's good. It's it's going to depend on our showing because if we're going to go to the group stages, rotating players, putting young players, putting young players on a shop window, as uh, Laj and, and Rui Vitoria did, that's going to be a joke. And I don't think uh, JJ is going to have that approach. Uh, but I think if we have a good showing and if, if we compete, uh, I think that we have um, that we have a good chance. And I, if we don't make it, if we get relegated to the Europa League, I don't think too many people are going to be um, unhappy about that. And I think the Europa League is, with the squad that we have, we probably have a, a good chance of uh, of going deep into the Europa League. Uh, not a lot of sharks in the Europa League this year from what I've been able to see from the initial group drawings. But then you never know who's going to be dropped down from the, from the Champions League. So, but I agree. Uh, Bruno says JJ is no large. No. If you recall, when JJ... Uh, was with Sporting, and that he had, I believe it was Real Madrid in one of their group stages. He did very well against Real Madrid. I don't think that they beat them, but I do think that there was a, a very good, it was a tight game. Uh, and, you know, JJ lives for those games, with the exception when he's uh, when he's making shit up. In the finals? <laughs> in the actual finals? <laughs> in the actual finals, so uh, we'll see. But I, I think that it's it's good that uh, Benfica is going to be playing competitive uh, Champions League ball, and I hope for a good showing. Good matches at Salud should have uh, people excited about going to Salud and watching these uh, these premier teams. Um, Dave, winter transfer window closed out today. Um, want to want to run us through um, through the transfer window? Yes, we did not get uh, Cristiano uh, Ronaldo. He uh, went to Manchester United. Uh, he did not come to Benfica. But uh, to uh, recap uh, today's uh, Benfica news, a lot of players uh, going out uh, here. We'll start off with uh, Tomas Tavares went to uh, uh, FC Basel on a one-year loan for uh, with the option of a five million uh, dollar five million euro purchase for fifty percent of his uh, pass at the end of the uh, the year. Uh, Florentino uh, loan to uh, Getafe, Getafe uh, one year uh, loan with the option uh, uh, to buy for 10 million euro. Uh, Vinicius uh, two year loan to PSV, uh, and I believe we uh, saw that there's a 12 and a half million euro price tag for 50% of his pass at the end of that uh, that loan. Uh, Samaris has uh, rescinded his uh, contract with the club. Uh, Shikinu on loan to Braga for the year, and uh, Jota also on loan for the year at uh, Celtic with a seven and a half million euro uh, option at the end of it. Yeah. Um, I think overall, not a bad transfer window for us. Uh, as I'm looking at this transfer window, I think the, the most important thing is that we really didn't lose anybody in terms of the nucleus of this team. Uh, Waldschmidt is gone, obviously, but Waldschmidt was was a bit of a rotation fringe player, if you will. Um, I thought that that Samadish thing was going to turn ugly. He finally decided to, or the 
both parties agreed to rescind the club, uh, rescind their his contract. I would have liked Gabriel to to have gone. Uh, also, uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of excess uh, in this team that needed to go. I thought that uh, Chiquinho loan to Braga was good. Jota loan to Celtic was good. The fact that we brought in Lazaro uh, as our um, our our fourth right back option, we'll see how that works out. I'm I'm happy. Uh, Radonjic, which we we signed on um, on a loan um, last week. I hope that he could he could bring uh, he could bring good things also. Um, overall, I, I thought it was a good transfer window because Benfica didn't really lose any key players. I mean, if you recall last season, we lost Ruben Diaz uh, because we didn't make the Champions League. Uh, so it, it was good that we didn't lose any key players and we were able to add a couple pieces that I'm I'm still kind of I don't know. Um, Oscar also says that he doesn't have a good feeling about Lazaro. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about Lazaro. Uh, here's the thing. It, it depends on what the expectations have you have for Lazaro, right? Now, when you compare the Lazaro to the three guys that playing that are playing right back right now, where do you place where do you place Lazaro? Is Lazaro number one, or is Lazaro just Another one of those three, and you know, what do you, I mean? What do you guys think about that? I mean, I don't know much much about Lazaro, but the, the things that I've heard is that he's he's a good player. Um, but it it all depends on how he's going to fit, how he's going to set up. Well, what I've uh, heard from uh, my Italian family, especially a cousin that's an Inter supporter, he said that. Uh, he brings a lot going uh, going forward, but can be a liability uh, defensively. To which I responded, "Oh shit!" Another Grimaldo on our uh, on our hands here on the uh, the right side, but was never really given a, a chance at uh, at Inter. I know uh, I went to uh, Gladbach, uh, I believe, last season and got some uh, run there, but has never really uh, gotten any uh, starting minutes at Inter. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we'll see. Um, I think at this point, you know, I, anyone could is better than Andre Almeida. And shit, I hate to beat on Gilberto, but you know, I think that if you're going to play Champions League ball, you're going to need somebody to, with with quality. And I think that Gilberto might be good against the Tondelas of the world, but I don't know if, if he's going to be good about um on, in Champions League. Uh, Bruno Singer is asking thoughts on David Luiz transfer rumors. Look. Um, Chris is a huge fan, and Chris is not here today, obviously, but Chris is a huge fan of David Luiz, and you would take him in a heartbeat. My thought on David Luiz is that, uh, for me now, um, and despite of all the Benfica roots and the Benficism that he may have, and I think that for David Luiz to come in and be uh, fourth choice, for center back, because I don't think David Luiz beats out Verissimo, he doesn't beat out Vertonghen, he doesn't beat beat out uh, Otamendi. For a fourth center back with a high salary, I think it just it just doesn't bode well with me. I that that's what I think uh, for me, Dave. What do you think about David Luiz? I mean, uh, before we get into my thoughts, he still could technically sign, right? Because he's he a free he could, free agent. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So he he still could uh, could sign up, but yeah. If even I I don't know if I would I put him at the same level as Vertonghen. Maybe if you I I definitely wouldn't put him over uh, Otamendi and Verismo. But then you even see a guy like Muratu, who's uh, been uh, been shining when he's been given the opportunity, right? So it really gives. Uh, it takes away from the younger players that could have that uh, some some playing time. You see Moratu, Feru end up uh, staying uh, with yeah. the, the club, right? So that if you bring in uh, David Luiz, it takes uh, away less minutes uh, from uh, Feru. So um, for the nostalgic end of it, I'd love to see him back. But um, from the development standpoint, I just don't think it makes sense at this time. And I know he's he's one that's always said he wanted to come back, but looking at where he is in his career and how the the club is uh, i just don't think that it'll ever uh it'll ever happen at this point yeah no look i, I don't think he's going to come to Benfica for peanuts that's for sure and then to be making let's say he's going to be one of the top 
five, maybe top seven. I would say top five of guys that are going to earn um, at Benfica to be a four choice of center back. It's it doesn't make sense. And then, as as you mentioned, Muratu and David Davy also said. David Hen also said uh, Muratu has shown great improvement, and I agree. It would just be a guy to block the development of Muratu. And I don't know how I feel about that. Um, another question here, Chico Marcelino, how about Andre Gomes? Chico, I actually thought that he was going to come, man. Um, and I thought that he was he was going to be a good choice because um, obviously JJ has worked with him. He knows him. We know what Andre, uh, what Andre Gomes could bring to the team. Uh, and he's a guy that he's, he's not only a consummate professional, but he's a guy that also knows his role. So if he comes to Benfica uh, and he understands that João Mario is playing better than him and he's going to get time here and there, he's not a guy that's going to rock the boat in terms of demanding playing time or or having a hissy fit because he's not getting get, getting playing time. I think Andre Gomes would be happy uh, at Benfica. I thought he would. I I thought that he could be a very helpful um, player uh, and piece to to Benfica. But right now, being that he's still tied into to Everton, um, unless he rescinded with Everton and then signed with Benfica in that way, I don't think he's coming. But I would I would love to to add him because I think that both him and João Mario bring a quality to that eight position in which they could they could probably they could pretty much dictate the pace of the game um, as as their the playing goes on. And I think that there was something that Benfica lacked a lot last year. Uh, when we had uh, Tarap, that every time Tarap gets the ball, he only has eyes to go forward, while João Mario sees what's going on and, and and dictates the pace of the game. And I think that André Gomes could be that guy. And I'd be more a lot more comfortable with André Gomes being the guy that plays instead of João Mario than Tarap or, or Pizzi, for that matter. So I would take him. I would take him in a heartbeat. What about you, Dave? I'll be taken, but uh, I don't think it's going to be likely at this point, right? Like you said, unless uh, him and, uh, and Everton uh, decide to uh, rescind the uh, the contract, it, it can't happen now until um, till the January transfer uh, window. But uh, just going back on, on the David Luiz thing, now I, I got myself sucking guessing uh, myself here. With we're the three center back pairing that JJ's playing, we're kind of one injury away from being really exposed in terms of uh, depth or in there. Don't you uh, think? I mean, yeah, I know we got, uh, if we're going with the three main guys, Vertonghen, uh, Verismu and Otamendi right now with Moratu coming in, I know we kept uh, Ferru on, but I think we're still kind of one injury away from really being exposed unless we switch the formation to a 4-4-2 when that, uh, if an injury does uh, come into play there. Yeah, look, I I think that's uh, that's always a possibility, right? Uh, I mean, stranger things have happened, but you're right. Uh, I think that when you when JJ hasn't had um, the three center backs available to him, he's played four four two. If you recall, the whole preseason he played in a four four two because Otamendi was away at the Copa America. Uh, so that it's an alternative system that we could that he could play in if the three center backs are not available, but you're right. It's always a risk that you take. And especially with, uh, with an extremely long season, um, I, it, it's hard, but, uh, I think that the fact that we kept Ferru, even though that I don't think JJ counts on Ferru is, is another option for, for us. I think that Ferru will play a lot in the B team. Um, but, uh, I'm encouraged with the fact that we have, uh, we have Ferru, um, Bruno's also asking, do you see Everton improve this season? Um, Everton has, has been a little bit of a curious a curious case this season because at the last season, we really thought that he had turned a quarter, corner in terms of uh, getting adapted to a new country, getting adapted to uh, European football, which is very different from, from Brazilian and South American football. Uh, and we were all very encouraged by... The, the Everton that could feature for Benfica this season. Uh, went to the Copa America, came back from the Copa America, didn't have a full uh, preseason with his, with his team, uh, joined the team, has not 
done all that well. But I think that there, there's something about um, Everton uh, that I noticed, right? He's a guy uh, that he, he doesn't turn away from the fight. He's, he's constantly trying to get into the play. Uh, he's not a guy that disappears through long periods of the game. And I think that he's 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 perhaps a couple good games away from turning it around and from from gaining his confidence and from from being that guy that we held out so much hope for when we first signed them uh, from uh, from uh, from Grêmio uh, in in Brazil. So I think that it, I'm hoping and I'm 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 pulling for him that he, he's able to turn the corner. But I think that I think his motivation in his drive and the fact that he doesn't turn away uh, get him just that much closer to a turnaround point. But as of right now, he's been he's been uh, he's been disappointing for me. And um, Davey said too many excuses for Everton. So you guys have a soft spot for him. Gilberto gets hammered on a weekly. I, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. I, I just think that, I don't know. We've seen very good things from Everton, uh, both at a national team level as well as towards the end of last season. Um So I'm always hoping, and he's the type of guy that if he gets his confidence and he gets his mojo, I think he'll be right there. So Oscar, Oscar says that I think Radonji can be important for big matches like Barca because of his pace, so we will have two fast players, Rafa and him. Yeah, well, look, I haven't, I haven't seen Radonji uh, touch the ball. Chico Marcelino here, free agents right now. Boteng, David Luiz, Maximov, Ribery, Ben Arfa, Mangala, Mustafi, Giovinco, Stuart. Giovinco. Stuart, should we take some someone? I don't I don't know about Boteng. Boteng always comes with uh, with baggage. I think David Luiz, we've already spoke. Ribery is too old. I think uh, Boteng actually just uh, signed uh, recently oh, in the last hour. Oscar oh, to Lyon. To Leon. Uh, yeah, that's what Oscar's saying that he, he signed up uh, to Leon. Um everybody is old. Ben Arfa is is not that consistent guy. Mangala, no, thank you. I don't know. Ju Vinko could be interesting, but I think uh we can't afford his salary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he went from uh Toronto to uh Saudi Arabia to just collect his uh paychecks, but yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's he's not coming to Portugal. Yeah. If anything, he's going to end up uh at the MLS again. I'm, I'm sure he has market there. Yeah. Would be nice, but uh I don't know if he'd go back to Toronto at the clubs in uh shambles now too, <laughs> but So anyway, let's uh, let's start wrapping this up uh, by looking at uh, at the fixtures that we got uh, coming up uh, this uh, this September and uh, a much less busy month for September than we had in August, only with five games, uh, two of them being for the Champions League and three of them being domestically. So Benfica will uh, get back into competition on 9-11 against or September 11th against Santa Clara in uh, the Azores Island. Uh, and from what I understand it from what JJ said in his presser that uh, I think uh, Otamendi, I think Otamendi and some of the player will be flying into the Azores that morning from international duty. So crazy. Um, yeah, so what, what's going on with that? Because I see Sporting holding players because they're not going to clear the quarantine time enough. But so then, how does that allow Benfica to uh, to let uh, Otamendi and Verissimo go? So I think that the difference with that may be the fact that they're they're already vaccinated. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure about. Well, the biggest thing was with the with the young kid uh, that Brazil was trying to wrap up uh, for him to belong to 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 Brazil now, but apparently. He's going to play for Portugal, uh, from what I understand. Uh, but uh, Kovac said he was injured, so he didn't go. But if you remember, uh, Sporting has a huge game against Porto when uh, we retake back uh, the, the domestic competition. So maybe uh, that's a, a move by Sporting to make sure that they have all their players. Uh, I know that um, that that other dude... Uh, um, 
uh, what's his name? Pot, Pot? Pot from Sporting. Yeah. yeah, he went down with an injury. Yeah, too. He, he withdrew from uh, national team because of uh, an injury. I don't know how, how truth is. There's truth to that or not, but certainly he would be looked at uh, by the the FPF's medical team or by national teams' medical team, and they would deem him uh, whether he could play or not. You know, um, but as I mentioned. At Santa Clara on 11th, on the 14th uh, at Dinam Kiev, on 9:19 Shadu Luz against Boavista, on 9:26 we'll travel Guimarães to play Vitoria, and then to close out the month in Barcelona. Oh, uh, Barcelona at Shadu Luz. So a, a good uh, month of September coming up, Dave. Not as busy, but certainly a, an interesting one. I think Santa Clara is always is always interesting, even though that Santa Clara has been focused on on their European uh, success and haven't been doing all that great uh, domestically. But Santa Clara is always an interesting game, and and uh, a trip up to Guimarães, uh, where it's always difficult for Benfica, is is also extremely difficult. Difficult, and then you throw in the the two. Um, the two Champions League fixtures in there. So it's going to be an interesting month for for Benfica. Yeah, when when is the uh, the League Cup? When does that take place? Like I know that they haven't even done the group draws uh, yet, so that's probably why. But I'm sure that starts up in uh, September, or maybe they're pushing it out to November because it's slowly looking like it's going to be another uh, congested uh, fixture list going on here with the uh, the different tournaments and uh, that we're playing in here. Yeah, they haven't announced it yet. Maybe they will do something similar to what they did last year, which they we didn't, they didn't play the 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 group stages. If I, I don't recall, yeah, they, so they they only That's did the weird top, thing. They only did the top four last year, but they've already had some games like uh, first round and second right. round with the the smaller clubs here. So it looks like they're. I'm just reading into it. it looks like they're just all they need to do is just do the uh, group draws and then I guess release those dates. But that's gonna come at us uh if not in september definitely in october november as well yeah the other thing that i I saw it in the chat earlier and i you know we already passed that topic but somebody had said that um let me see if i can find it here that if benfica okay here it is bruno said third place is a playoff place to qualify for the round of 16th of europa league i'm i would i'm unaware that I thought there was a straight entrance into the Europa League. I didn't know that there was a a playoff place. Well, no. So, so before before it was, if you got third place, you jump into the round of thirty two, if I'm not mistaken, of the uh, Europa League. But now with this conference league, uh, if I, I I am pretty sure I saw that that the third place teams from the Champions League will move. Uh, they'll get a bye to the round of 16, and they they skip the the round of 32 of the Europa League, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm, that's interesting. I I guess it kind of makes sense because of the condensed uh, schedule, because of the because of the World Cup, right? World Cup qualifying and the World Cup coming up uh, in, in next year. That makes sense. So, but uh, yeah. David says, David says that I, I have the voice of a soothing angel. I, I don't know about that, but yeah, we we miss Cristiano. When Cristiano is yelling, he keeps us uh, he keeps us on our toes. So thanks, um, yeah, thanks a lot for everybody. And, and Bruno Bruno is clarifying because of the Conference League. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Something that we'll just need to uh, get used to uh, this year: new tournament, new money grab. Uh, from uh, from UEFA here. I mean, what do you mean? UEFA doesn't make money on these tournaments. It all goes to the clubs. Come yeah, on. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, thanks for for keeping us company, you guys in the chat, and thanks for for everyone that uh, is going to listen to this a little later. Um, also, yeah, we will be taking um, we'll be taking a week off next week. National team is on. If it's something that you're uh, that you're into. Go and go and watch it. Me personally, after these uh, latest events with the national team and uh, the coach that we have uh, for the national team, it's not something that I look forward to watching. So maybe I'll um, I'll go watch cricket or something. <laughs> are, they, are the darts on? Is there a good darts uh, tournament? Uh, yeah. On? What about that? Uh, that um, the special one. The, the yeah, the special one. What about that? Uh, that stuff that the uh, 
They throw that in the ice and they oh, have the curling. Room. No, that go. doesn't that doesn't start until uh, December, January. I'll watch well, well, the NFL is uh, is coming back, so I'll there watch that. I'll watch the NFL. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot for checking this out. Uh, I Christiana will be back next time that we come on, so you can <laughs> you can guys uh, you guys could hear all his rants. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Enjoy yourselves. Be good to one another. And be safe out there. Take care. Later. Ciao.